0: It's the Auburn Observer podcast, the weekend edition. Justin Ferguson, right here in Auburn. Painter Sharpless in parts unknown. Hello, painter.
1: Howdy. All
0: right, let's get right to it. Auburn loses forty-three to thirty-four to Mississippi State, and that final score doesn't do any part of that game justice. Somehow, uh, it's it's bizarre. Um, Auburn was up twenty-eight to three at one point. Sorry. For all of you Atlanta Falcons fans out there, you've now experienced this twice. At least this one wasn't in the Super Bowl. This was, uh, like, you know, determine potentially how you know decent of a bowl game you go to. Maybe. I mean, Ole Miss did beat Texas A&M for you last night. That's that's tough. But um, yeah, this is uh, the most baffling and. I think, just frankly, just from the Auburn perspective, embarrassing loss I've ever covered. Um, 25 points, blown lead, and a loss is the most, is the biggest one in, from what we can tell, program history. And 40 unanswered points to Mississippi State in your own building. That's, you know, there's a lot we're going to talk about from this game. And I think anytime you zoom into a particular part, the pass defense, um, the the offensive struggles in the second half, the offensive success in the first half, um, you know, even the defensive success early in the game, the special teams problems, uh, the 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 officiating, the you know, I mean, there's so many different little angles that you can take from this game, and they all matter, and they all come together and make what happened happen on Saturday. And as much as we like to, get on this show and at the Observer, get into the details, it's very important to have the full scope of this. And it's important in this thing to have the big picture and zoom out. Because if you want to really, like any sort of discussion or any sort of breaking down this game, has to always come back down to this sentence right here. Auburn allowed 40 unanswered points at home to Mississippi State and lost. They allowed for not Alabama, Not Georgia, Mississippi State, at your place, right? And the thing about 40 is 40 is a lot. 40 is a lot of points in a game. 40 is a lot of points, period. It's 40 unanswered. And so the operative word there with 40 is also unanswered, which means you did not have an answer, which means your offense did not put anything up. And I mean, again, we're going to talk about a lot of the specific details from it, but like, Big picture-wise, oh boy. I mean, it is one of the worst losses I think the program has ever experienced, at least in the modern era in terms of this is where you were at and this is how you finished and how did you get there. Like, you were up by 25 points and you were cruising on this team and you lost.
1: Everyone involved, the coaching staff, the players, they can relish – in being a part of an historic day at Jordan Hare Stadium,
0: it is stunning. I mean, it was one of those things where, when it started rolling, you were like, "Okay, this is going to happen," and there was really nothing they were going to do you could do about it. I think if you were an Auburn fan, like you can you were just watching the team. was like, yeah, they they can't stop them, and like nothing can get going on offense. The only hope they had in the second half on offense were big passing plays downfield and then those were coming less frequent because Mississippi State adjusted on defense and you know Bo Nix injuring himself you know getting hurt on getting hurt on one of the big plays Um, right off the top we should we should discuss this Nix played a pretty solid game I mean you look at him statistically it's one of his better games of the season Um, in the second half he was worse and I think you know, one of it is the biggest problem for Auburn's offense, which we'll get into, is they can't run the ball right now. And number two, he was injured. And he didn't have a lot of – like he wasn't driving uh, really really well. You could tell that the injury affected him. Um, I'm not 100% sure what the injury is. I know what's out there. I know what's being said. And I think the best thing I can say right now that I'm willing to put out there is there's a real chance that he's going to be done for at least the South Carolina game and and might be the, you know, maybe the season. Like, and and again, I don't want to, the the severity of the injury and the severity of the specific injury may, you know, may vary. And I'm sure they're going to, you know, check it out and test it and all that. Uh, But the early word Saturday night was not good. And so now you're in a position where if you're Auburn, not only are you going to have to pick yourself off the mat from, Again, an historic loss, as Painter pointed out. You might have to do it without your quarterback.
1: If I'm a part of this backfield, I'd hate it for Painter. Selfishly, I would hate it for Painter. But if I'm a part of this backfield, I might be finding a new home.
0: I, it 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 is it, to this point. Again, we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about the defense because I mean, obviously, the defense is going to be the the big focal point. Film room Monday is going to be on the defense. I am not a defensive mastermind by any means, but I can watch plays and figure out like how many they sent, what what they did, and we're going to try to figure out how in the world Will Rogers turned into, you know, the second coming of Patrick Mahomes in that game. That
1: is the second time this season that a fine quarterback has made Auburn look very silly.
0: Yeah, and he's been playing really really well, but so has Auburn's defense. And again, okay. So before we get back to the to the backfield, I want to say this: the thing about this game I, that I think really, really is the major bright shining red flag is this. And I'm not saying that this is like, you know, uh, Brian Harson is not the guy, or this is not. Uh, no, you know, it's it's one game. It's one game. It's a bad game, but it is one game. Let say. I mean, it's year one. It's, but it's the tenth game of the season. And over the last couple of weeks, if you're Auburn, you are coming out of these games with more questions than answers. There are specific parts of your team, I would say specifically the running game and the offensive line and the special teams, that it's getting worse as the season goes on. And then yesterday, the pass defense has a really bad game after, I would say, a solid performance against Ole Miss, a solid performance against Texas A&M solid performance after the first drive against LSU. There have been times this season where this, this defense has looked really, really good. That bend-don't-break has worked. And they just broke over and over and over again. And the problem is, is that Brian Harson and his staff, like the 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 message has been from day one since he got here, we're going to out-execute people. We are going to be consistent. This is going to be our brand, right? We're going to do the things we need to do. We're gonna go one and zero. It's 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 about us and how how we execute, and that's again I think that is a smart strategy to have, because at Auburn you're not going to have it quite the level of recruiting classes as say the Alabamas and the Georgias at least right now, maybe ever, or at the moment an LSU or an A and M, right? So. You're going to have to be the team that, that out-executes in certain situations. And yesterday showed that you can be the less talented team, and if you play better and play harder and have better execution, you can win, and you can even spot the other team 25 points and come back and win. But the problem is is that Auburn is in this position right now where you are 10 games in the season, and Harson is in the press conference afterwards saying, you know, we've got to find how we're going to get better and how we're going to do this right or that right. And and it's on me and it's on the, you know, it's on everybody. Like those are true statements. And those are, I mean, that's the reality of the situation you're in. But if you were expecting this team to get better as the season's gone on, I don't think you have seen that this season. And the MO of this team was supposed to be establish that foundation and build on it moving forward. And then by the end of year one, you could say, okay, this is where we're at. Here's how we can push moving forward. Instead, the last two weeks, and yes, a ms one thing. I mean, this is a game that you were holding serve, right? You beat Mississippi State. It doesn't change your season. It doesn't change the outlook. But it was like, look, the teams you have lost to this season are Georgia, more talent than you. Texas A&M, more talent than you. Not a ton, but you know, more talent than you. And, and you could see how they could get it done, especially in the trenches. And Penn State, about equal talent as you, first, first true road game, first real test of the of a new era. Not saying they're acceptable the way Auburn played, not saying that Auburn fans should be fine with it, but they're understandable. And then you would beat the teams that you were better than. And to this point, Auburn had done that. And even LSU, LSU's got more talent than you. LSU's been in a rougher spot as a team this year for for various reasons. So now you, you get to this point where it's not you're at the end of the season and it's not, okay hold serve and then try to go over the top and and maybe knock off an alabama down the stretch. Now it's you played a team that you are I mean if auburn would have won yesterday, they would have gone 11 and 1 in the last 6 years against mississippi schools. And now you're at a point where okay, you the 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 floor dropped a little here or a lot here or whatever you want. Like this is not this is the first time where auburn played a team that it, that it was better than and it lost and lost. and like Georgia State, yes, that's that was bad. And the and the and and the comeback there was one thing. Um, and that's going to look even different in hindsight. But I, I I'm rambling at this point. I'm just saying this is that it's a tough spot to be in, and the challenges get harder. When you talk about an Auburn team that needs to finish well in recruiting, that needs to hit the transfer portal hard, that needs to keep the fan base excited and and engaged moving forward. One game is one game, right? It doesn't end at all of that. You know, it doesn't it doesn't tank a recruiting class or or whatever like that. But it just makes the do- job a whole lot harder.. I don't
1: think you're rambling. I think it is a game in which there are so many things that Auburn did well for a quarter and a half. and then all of those things went the other direction for two-and-a-half yep. quarters, you can turn. It's like doing a 360, and every you're like, well, they could have done this, and they didn't do that, and then they stopped doing it. Compounds itself in an unbelievable yep. way where you just cannot fathom that the same team was up 28-3 to and then did that to a team that I think you noted in your observations, Auburn roughly beats two-thirds of the time.
0: Yep. And look, I sit ahead and end this game, State's never out of it. The way that Will Rogers is playing recently and the way that I mean Bama smashed him, right? Bama went for the kill and got him. And, you know, I thought Auburn was in, on the verge of doing that on, on Saturday and they didn't. Yeah, you it know, didn't Every
1: other lo- didn't Alabama play Mississippi State right after their Texas A and M loss also. Uh, I believe so. And so yeah, it looked like it Auburn right. might be serving them a similar result after a tough loss mm-hmm. at college station, alas.
0: And instead, you know, it's another one of those games where they they hung in there and they 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 kept swinging. I mean, this is a, state has come back several times this year. Their three of their four losses, the ones besides Alabama, had come come by a combined eight points. This is also a team that on the road had not gotten blown out this season and had won, had beaten a And M on the road, and now they've beaten Auburn on the road. This is a. Uh, uh this this is really really a a game where you you can't even call it a missed opportunity it's just one of those things where like the whole tone of a season changes on this game you try not to over exaggerate and you try not to do it but the fact of the matter is is that you took a big step backwards yesterday because it was a loss of historic proportions that you had never, ever, think about all the bad losses you've experienced in your life <laughs> as an Auburn fan painter, never seen them blow a 25-point lead and lose. Right? The last time they had blown a three-touchdown lead and loss, I think came in the late 90s. I mean, the team, the team has got to the team has got to rally, the team has got to figure it out in these last two games. Like South Carolina is not going to be a pushover. Not only did you lose to him last season, but they're playing much better football here down the stretch. You know, rallied against uh, Missouri yesterday, lost, but rallied against them. They're fighting for their bowl lives. On the other side, for Auburn, like, I, I mean, people are listening to this, and people are still reading. The fan base is on the verge of being like, "All right, that's it." Well, I mean, we'll 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 see you. We'll see you down the road. A lot like, of it's, people it's, are excited. This is the, the one that gets you. Season out. is here. Right. Right. Yeah. It, there's. I mean it's a reason to kind of get a lot of it, you know, kind of check out from this point. Like I get it. I get it. And, and, and those of you, you know, who are listening and, and several of you aren't, and a lot of you, you know, you take that loss. And like I was saying the other day, or I was saying yesterday on Twitter, I was like, look, I put the observations out and people are like, nope, not going to read this. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Like when my, I uh, think about the teams that I care about when they lose, when they lose badly, I'm not sitting around like dissecting it all again. So I was like, so I appreciate having this platform to be like, here, have it if you want it, go for it. If not, um, we'll see you later. Uh, I'm gonna go watch Full Gear. Uh, and it was, it was. I like, I get it, I, I get it. Uh, and good thing for us is that basketball season is here, and we will talk about basketball. Don't worry to, at, at the end of this podcast. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. You've got to finish well in recruiting with this hanging around. You've got to You got to hit the portal hard with this hanging around. I and mean, who knows? Maybe those are those are things you can underscore and say, "Hey, we need help." But y'all's got to keep the fan base engaged and excited because you know there was a lot of goodwill I thought built up for Auburn after beating LSU on the road. And yes, we knew LSU was not the typical LSU this season, but still, first time you do something in 22 years, there's a lot of there's a lot of good vibes that come off of it, and like. I don't think they're completely spent, but, man, they're close probably at this point among, among members of the fan base.
1: Anything you do from this point on feels like a disappointment because Auburn seemed like it had a clear chance to get over the hurdle of the projected 7-7.5 seven, seven wins, and they can still do that, but you could yeah. have locked that up before the Iron Bowl, and then, of course, you've got the obvious factor, which is that you're no longer at play for the SEC West title. Recruiting, I'm always a big proponent that one game doesn't necessarily make or break no. it for a recruit. Right. But this was agree. a tough one to swallow, especially I think as LSU and Florida are trying to find their footing.
0: Yeah, it, what matters is, is is what you do from here if you're Auburn. And like, look, if they beat South Carolina and somehow knock off Alabama in the Iron Bowl, like, okay, you, you finish with an eight and four season. It's but like, think about how, how tough that's gonna be. Well, at this point, yeah, and not only at a point gonna... at a point where you're not playing as you're not like I said, you're not playing like in some areas you have gotten worse as the season's gone on and not better.
1: It's also the ultimate what if because if you end up doing that, you go, wow, we really had nine and three right there. If you end up taking care of business against South Carolina, which doesn't feel like a given anymore. And if you end up upsetting Alabama, which seems kind of far fetched with the performance we watched in the second half. If you get to eight and four, you go, man. We were so close to nine and three. We were so close to being in the SEC title game. Everything is going to from this point on. Even the good stuff will be accompanied by a little thought in the back of your head, which is, man, this could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It, yeah, it's like a it's like a step down of like the '19 season. Maybe some uh yeah maybe some 14 a little i mean but even still those are different stakes involved at this point it's yeah it could have been a lot better and you look at a you look at a conference where it's just georgia like alabama looks more beatable than anywhere. works but yeah, here's the other thing like you're about to come, come to a point where if you'd have won yesterday and won at south carolina you could have been playing for a chance to go to the go to atlanta in the iron bowl instead the best case scenario is going to be you get to play spoiler to alabama's playoff chances And like, yeah, that's a, for fans, that would be fun. And for players, you know, you always get up for a big game like that. But like you said, Painter, it could have been a whole lot lot different.
1: I think, too, Auburn fans are probably a little bit tired of having to play spoiler. It's part of what the rivalry is as long as Nick Saban is the coach at Alabama, But when you have the opportunity to not just be a spoiler, but to play for something larger for your own program, that's obviously very exciting. And instead, once again, Auburn goes into the Iron Bowl, kind of feeling like, meh, it'd be nice to win this game. I'm not expecting much. And if we don't, we'll just have to sit at home and possibly watch our rival in the college football playoff yet again.
0: With one rival already going to be there. Like that's the other thing too it's like the other the other guys are, are are firmly in there. all right so let's get to the game itself defensively Auburn played well early you look at the first three drives of the game for for Mississippi State they go you know 49 yards and get kick a field goal as a 14 play drive aided by a kick out of bounds and some more penalties then they go six plays for 14 yards and then they go three and out in that stretch Auburn builds a 21 nothing lead or 21 3 lead and then a 28 3 lead before state gets the ball back midway through the second quarter. Uh, Will Rogers was at one point in time 5 of 11. 5 of 11, he was 7 of 13 uh, to start the game as well. After the first quarter, he threw three incompletions. Three, he had two second-half incompletions and five touchdown passes. Finish of the game: four and fifteen yards, six touchdowns, eighty percent completion percentage. Auburn had it early; it, it was working. Th- he, things were staying in front. They were doing a good job of defending him, and then the dam broke. And again, like I said, I am not a defensive expert by any means. I'm going to rewatch all the defense all all the pass attempts yesterday from State for film room tomorrow, try to figure out what's going on. I think just from my f- initial thought, no pressure. And again, some of the quick stuff is meant to do that. Like you get the ball out of their hands quick, it's hard to to rush passer, but there were opportunities when they could have rushed the passer. He held the ball for a decent a bit on a few plays. And Auburn didn't take advantage. Miss some sacks. Miss some opportunities to get him down. And he just it just worked. Nickel and Dime down the field. Coverage got looser throughout the game. Tackling got worse throughout the game. Um a really good start adjust. And like it, it just it didn't seem like Auburn had an answer. And then late in the game, it was okay, maybe they blitz a little bit more. And that gets home. A few times, and then the TD Moulter call, which is, I mean, again, I have no idea what he's supposed to do there. Like, by the letter of the law, maybe that's targeting, but, like, you've got to – something's got to be different because also that play that when it happened, nobody on the field – I mean, look, that referee and crew was eager to throw flags. That Smoke Monday early targeting thing was the worst targeting trigger I've ever seen in my life. So they were eager to do that. And then when they don't even throw the flag and it has to get whistled down from up top, and again, by the letter of the law, it's probably targeting. But in the spirit of the game and, and all that, like, in, like no, it's, it's different. And, and it's, again, stupid rule because now T.D. Moultrie can't play the first half of South Carolina. Even when they started blitzing and coming home, it was it was, it was was too little too late, I thought. And this
1: doesn't really matter, but I'm salty about it. So there was a hit that looks nearly identical in the South Carolina-Missouri game that resulted in points, and would you guess it? there was no flag?
0: Oh, and then the other thing for Auburn is that Kobe Hudson got his head nearly taken off on a play, and, and that was, you know, whistled for targeting and then reversed. Okay. So that's the other thing. It's like, don't blow a 25-point lead. Don't give up 40 unanswered points you don't do those things and the referees don't matter. That's something to, you know, keep in mind. But, like, yeah, Auburn fans, if you're upset with the way that game was officiated, sure. There were a lot of soft DPIs on the, in that game. You know, I know Auburn fans were saying that, you know, the holding was bad early on. I, I get it. I understand. Um, and that, that affects it, right? It's one of those things where it didn't lo- lose you the game, but it just made you feel like, okay, well, you're not even going to come back at this point. If you get your one big momentum play – with that sack and then, oh, nope, all right. It's gonna be a, it, it, you know, it's gonna be a penalty, sorry. Or, you know, maybe you get a stop here. Nope, sorry. Pass interference. You're not getting off the field here. That and the injuries, the injury to Bo, no Owen Papo, no Brandon Council again. I thought it was uh, odd
1: on the commentary at the beginning of the game, and this really is me just being a sore loser, but they made a comment about it not mattering that much that Owen wasn't out there in part because of the scheme that Mississippi State ran, and that was so bizarre to me. I was trying to think of like a comparison to what that would be like for Auburn basketball, because I think pretty clearly you can say that Zacobi's been the defensive MVP, but you could probably make an argument for Colby, too. He's your best defensive lineman. And then Rogers probably a first-round draft pick. So at each level, you've got a really talented piece. I sort of felt like that would be the equivalent of Jalen Williams not being able to play for Auburn basketball. And the commentator is going, well, the way Auburn matches up against this opponent, you really wouldn't like to have him anyway.
0: Yeah, that's bizarre. Also, I think Owen, I mean, Owen, the injury obviously affected him when he came back. He wasn't quite at the same level. But a healthy Owen Papo is your fastest and most athletic linebacker and, and gives you the best coverage option. So, Yeah. Not going to agree. Again, I'm just being salty. Call. At the end of the well, day, yeah, Auburn
1: but... Auburn made errors all across the board at every level. Player, coach, offense, defense, etc. I mean, you really do start getting lost in the analysis because there's so many different things that make you go, they did that?
0: Like I said, snake bid. No papo, no counsel. Austin Troxel goes down at one point. Nicks hurts himself. And I say hurt himself, it's like he meant to do it on purpose. Now, Nix gets hurt. Um, Finley comes in, tough spot, late situation, throws an incompletion and fumbles the ball. Like, yeah, I mean, and that was brutal. That was brutal to, to, of a situation to put him in at that point. I understand. And now, depending on the health of Nix, it's like, all right, you got to get this guy who, you know, he had that good comeback against Georgia State. But I think in the couple times we have seen him since then, it's like, okay, well, there's a reason why Nick's is the starter right now. Uh, he's just more prepared and more polished, and, and and you know, playing better football right now in this system, and that's okay. That's not me, right? It's not me bagging on TJ Finley. It's not me saying TJ Finley has no future in this program or anything like that. I mean, no, not at all. You're you might be in a situation here really soon though where he's going to have to be the guy.
1: Well, there has been a very vocal part of the fan base that has wanted this, and so they're about to get their wish.
0: Yeah, and I think all the people who. Have wanted to see a change at quarterback. Definitely don't want to see it via injury uh, to a, to a guy. But like again, let's go back to the stats from this game. Bo, even playing on a on on a on a on a bum leg in the in the second half for a good chunk of the second half, three hundred seventy seven yards, sixty six percent completion percentage. He, he did a really good job. The he also had a fifty seven yard pass to uh, Javarius Johnson get called as a as as it should have been as a. Uh, as a running play, but I mean, like th- if that's technically a pass, that's over 400 yards for him. He out, he out duels in terms of just pure yardage, Will Rogers through the air. And you know, it, that's not the issue. That's not ultimately the issue with that well, on offense. The thing with the offense is this, it's you get into this game and you can't run the ball. And there were a couple of stretches in the first half where it was like, okay, they stuck with it and Tank made it, made it, made it happen. But it's Okay. Take out the Javarius Johnson play, because that's not a real running play. Auburn ran the ball 23 times for 65 yards. That's an average of 2.83 per carry. Mississippi State ran five ran for 5.64 yards per carry. They hit some of those kind of. Oh, you're all stretched out. Boom, here we come underneath. Like, they, they just time it up and do a really good job of it. There were a couple of stretches in the first half where you looked at Auburn and said, okay, they're sticking with the running game. Bigsby's making it happen. Here's the second half. Negative three yards, five yards, zero yards, one yard, negative ten yards, one yard. Auburn in the second half, seven carries for negative four yards. Nick's only goes 12 of 22 through the air without a running game beside him. And playing on an injury. Carson said after the game that probably had more to do with us than anything. He talked about, Hey, Mississippi state adjusted, but everybody we play adjust quote. There were some assignment errors in there. What just wasn't consistent enough at the end of the day. And that's what it really comes down to. That's been the thing pretty much all year for Auburn's running game. It's like they have the talent and they have moments where they look good. It's just like guys are getting stacked up. You know, there's no room. There's no room for these guys to run the ball. And Tank Bigsby is a phenomenal running back. And Jarquez Hunter has real potential. And Sean Shivers can, can, can get things done, especially in the passing game. But, like, there's nothing in front of them on a consistent basis. Not since the old miss game. And so, any defense, we said it coming in, hey, if they can run the ball against these guys, it'll make a big difference. And the opportunity is there. Well, here's the thing. Unless you're a pushover on, on defense, Albert's not running the ball against you unless it's coming late in the fourth quarter. That's just kind of been the story of the season.
1: Tank Bigsby's head is fun to watch when he's running because it's turning in every direction. It's like he is running for your life is a bit of a cliche, but he's just trying to find a sliver of light anywhere he can where he can go, oh, I can run through that crease, and they really aren't there.
0: Yeah, it, they, they just aren't. They just aren't. And, like, I'm not sitting here saying that, like, the running backs can't do better. Sure, uh, obviously. Like, there's there's everything. Everybody – when you play this badly, it's on everybody. But Auburn's, Auburn's run blocking has just been not good in the last several weeks and not consistent. It's a, a consistent. sigh
1: of relief, and it's a pleasure and a joy to watch when a running back gets to the line of scrimmage without being touched. Just getting back to the original line of scrimmage, and he's not already being hit.
0: Uh, Auburn, 48% of Auburn's rushing attempts on Saturday were stopped for two or fewer yards. They had negative yards on the ground in the second half, and they tried. And look, Mississippi State was clicking. And they, they were just steamrolling Auburn's defense. And so Auburn gets the ball back and they're trying to hold on to their lead and it's like, alright, well we need to run the ball to make things happen. And nope. Nope. Couldn't get anything going on, on the ground. Anything you did on the offense in the second half was through the air and that was going to become more inconsistent as time went on. Because of, because of Knicks and just because of Mississippi State adjusting their defense. It's all season, again, going back to what we were saying earlier about the big picture, all season long it was like downhill running game. We have one of the best running backs in the country. Uh, we, we, we think Jarquez Hunter's a, a steal. We know what Sean Shivers is capable of, and, and Sean's ex- expanded his role in the passing game. And look at Auburn's success they've had on offense this season in games against quality opponents. Unless you are talking about the Ole Miss game, you are not talking about a downhill running game. You're 10 games into the season and one of the core identity, uh, one of the core things of your identity, you have not been able to do period. And again, like that's, that's on everyone involved. It's on everyone involved. Like, you gotta find ways to scheme out. It. it was a sign, and I know you have Council's injury and Troxel getting rolled up in the game, but like it's been a sign that you are rotating as much as you are on the offensive line. We talked about this last week. Again, pass protection—they're not terrible. Like it wasn't like Nix was running for his life all game. It was kind of the same way in the A game. There, there were some moments where it didn't, where it broke down, and that was big. But it was one of those things where it's like they're either good at protecting or good at run blocking or solid. It, it's just it's never been both really the last couple of years and then this year it's just been a whole lot more pass protection than it has been run blocking and that's that's an issue because this is year two of tank bigsby and it should have been i mean look at what he did last season right and so you've got mostly the same players and you're playing in a new scheme and it's still not working and they're trying a lot of different things but it's one of those things where it's like well what what made this offensive line and this running game a lot better last year that's different this season after the coaching change. And, I, and, again, I, I don't think it's that, you know, Will Friend's a bad offensive line coach. I don't think that at all. I think he's got a great track record, and I think, you know, Auburn's offensive staff, this game, like it should work, but it just isn't. And, like, there's – and I don't know what the answer is. And I don't think they know what the answer is.
1: When this offensive line has its meetings this week, if they sat down and had the conversation amongst themselves – what would they say that they do well?
0: Protect, I guess. I think when you look at the when you look at the running game, you can't sit there and say it's the running game. <laughs> and again, like that's that's the issue that Auburn faces. Is like they've gotta they've gotta find answers. And all these dudes can come back next year. Obviously, Keandre Jones is, is is an underclassman still. We talked about it in the mailbag this week. People are like, well, they gotta go get, they got to go get guys in the portal. Well, guess what? Everyone's going to try to get offensive linemen in the portal. It's one of the biggest commodities that you can get in college football, experienced offensive linemen. And the thing about the portal is this. You're going to do one of two things. You're either going to get a guy who was really good at a smaller school than you. Look at the best transfer offensive linemen in college football this season. They're all guys that made a step up in competition. But if you're sitting there saying, well, we need more guys that are talented, you know, blue chip ratio or any of that stuff up front okay you're probably going to get guys that aren't playing right now or if they are playing like it's going to have to be one of those things where it's a they're leaving their situation and that's very very rare that's not happening a lot there's only you know dari Rosenthal at, at, at uh at, at LSU is a an example, but he is a very rare one. Most of the other offensive linemen people really, really pointed to were like, oh, they were really good at the group of five level. Or they're really good at the FCS level and we stepped up. And like, I'm not saying those guys can't contribute. You look at the last few years, Casey, I mean, where would Auburn have been without Casey Dunn, you know, a few years ago? Um, there's been a, there's been other examples of transfers really coming in and helping you. But it's like that's easier said than done. At some point, like Auburn's got the numbers. Like they're going to just have to get better with the guys that they've got as well.
1: That feels like a tall task. That's not something that I'm banking on.
0: Yeah. And again, it's easier said than done, right? It is year one of a system. They are learning how to do things differently. That's all true. Like year one struggles are one thing, but you were up by 25 points in this game. And you could not get any sort of run game going to help out your defense. You're also in the last. The defense should have played what better, but come on.
1: You're also in the last month of year one. It's odd the trajectory the team seems to be going in.
0: The last two weeks you have been able to get nothing on the ground, right? And then last week you barely got anything through the passing game either, because of the team you played and the defense you played. This week you're able to throw the ball more, but it's like. It's kind of like how it was against Arkansas. It's kind of like how it was against LSU. So it's like, oh yeah, throw the ball, you can do that. But this offense like does not have the passing. Game. Like this is not this is not an air raid team. This is not a this is not a this is not Oklahoma. This is not this is not like okay, we can just throw the ball and we'll be fine. You know, we don't necessarily have to have a great running game to to be overly successful. Like they can win games that way, but you saw it yesterday. If they're not able to, if they're not able to consistently run the ball, it takes the knees out of this offense because this is an offense like think about the times when Auburn's offense has really been clicking this season—the drives and the quarters and the possessions that you've been like, man, that's that looks really, really good. They're able to play off of a, of a good running game, and State just bottled it up over and over and over again.
1: It's been nice to see Bo grow this season. He's become a better player, but he's not good enough to take over. And win for you if you're one dimensional.
0: Yeah. And there are few quarterbacks and few systems you can do that. So that's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, but especially this offense is like, it, you came into the year, we're going to run the ball, we're going to go downhill. And you can't. And you can't. You have not been able to do that on consistency, basis.
1: execution, balance. No. I mean, those were words that we heard oft over the last, what, eight months or so. In the last few weeks, those have they have not been a balanced team, and they certainly have not been consistently executing. And then defensively,
0: again, Rodgers has played really, really well recently, and Auburn made him look like they were just another team. And again, this is an Auburn defense that had done well against Ole Miss, done well against Texas A&M, did well in the first quarter and change in this game. And then it just completely reverted. And, like, that's a troubling sign that it, it can just kind of switch like that. And it didn't seem like Auburn had any answer. Like, I don't think there was any point there when it started steamrolling there in the sec- in, in the second half where, I mean, I don't think anybody in that building thought that they were going to get a stop, at least among the fans. I think people watching at home didn't think they were going to get it. Student section said bye-bye. Yeah, and that's like I said, the buy in like they'll be back for they'll be back for the iron bowl cuz it's the iron bowl but that's not good it's not good um they yeah it just they couldn't get pressure on Rodgers and it's like all right if you're making this great exchange where it says all right we'll let you get the quick stuff but we're going to keep it in front of us we're going to tackle short and we're going to get off the field on third downs between the penalties between the Tough coverage between the poor tackling after the catch. They did not do that. It got worse as the game went on, and it just there never was a counterpunch. There never seemed to be an answer. Um and there have been times this season where Auburn's defense has done really, really well and said, Okay, we'll live with the yards, let's stop the points. And State just walked down the field and kept scoring. Just over and over and over and over again. It's a big shift from what we had seen before. And that is that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign because we know that this defense is capable of playing better. We've seen them play better. And we've seen them play better on a more consistent basis than aspects of the offense this year. And, you know, Derek Hall after the game said, that you know, you can't have lapses in defensive coverage and the pass rush together. It works hand in hand. I think everybody involved on that defense knows that they should have played a lot better. They They got whatever they wanted for the most part. And if that wasn't enough. again, this didn't lose the game for you by any means, but if that wasn't enough. Auburn Special Teams. It's gotten worse. As the season's gone on. I thought early Return in the year team, I thought they, man,
1: it, I feel, like I almost feel for him at this point. Like it's past the threshold of me getting mad or I'm like, "Oh, you guys just can't do your job on returns without just, without committing an infraction." And you know, kicker is one of those weird positions because you don't have to be this incredible athlete the way you do it every other position, but it's obviously very difficult. And mm-hmm. I think almost any football player at a high level would concede that that is not a job that they necessarily want to have. On the Pressure. other hand, Anders has had, let's face it, just not a very good season.
0: And he was one of the most accurate kickers in the country last year. And this year, I mean, he's struggling. He is struggling. And he's kick his kickoffs are going out of bounds or they're not going deep enough. And, it's just something seems a little off there. And it all kind of adds up when you get these penalties on special teams that give up field position. Um, When you miss field goals, when you have a field goal blocked, that blocked field goal, man, that protection just got absolutely abused. Just decimated up front.
1: We love getting pushed around by Mississippi State players
0: yeah that's the other thing too it's like it's one thing if it's texas a&m and this goes back to the running game as well it's one thing if it's texas a&m it's another thing if it's mississippi state because those dudes don't have the same dudes you have up front and
1: like you even said that the mississippi state players said that yeah they one were of like the mississippi- yeah we're not as athletic we're not as good but we still one the, won by two scores
0: one of the mississippi state players in the because i was doing ap stuff after the game i i uh I was listening to their to their press conference and one of them said yeah he's like you know that's a team that's bigger and faster and stronger than us and we outplayed them yep <laughs> like that's the thing it's like auburn you're trying to do that against the alabamas and the
1: georgias of the world right old miss arkansas mississippi state are trying to do that against you
0: right and you got a taste of that and so i mean <laughs> the fake punt was
1: buddy what in the world just didn't work none (laughs) of the
0: tricks have none of the tricks have really worked this season against quality opponent that's tough um because you felt like that's something that this this coaching staff and this style like that's what they want to do and try to steal some things like that way it hasn't worked um oscar chapman had another really good punt but that's about it that's about it and it's like Having Everything. really good
1: punts is a double-edged sword. It is important. And winning field position is something that you absolutely need to do.
0: Yeah, but they downed it at the two, and what does, it, what does Mississippi yeah. State do? Score.
1: Nice little 98-yard drive to claw back some momentum. And again,
0: there's penalties and there's stuff like that. You can 98 like some,
1: yards? You couldn't get one yeah. stop in 98 yards?
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, if, if Auburn fans, if, you, if you're miffed about the uh, officiating in that game, I get it, but also... Don't get in that position, especially against Mississippi State at home. Don't give up forty unanswered points.
1: What a bad, bad day.
0: I felt I felt bad for you, Auburn fans, because up in the press box, I was just sitting there like, "What in the world am I watching?" Again, I don't think, uh, like I said earlier, I don't think you have to. I don't think you have to specifically specifically drill down on one thing and say this is it. Like even the defense, I don't even think you can just say just like you gave up forty unanswered points at home to Mississippi State. Big picture, like look at that. That's everyone. That is a total meltdown. That is a total, complete team meltdown. Where do you go from here? You know, we said coming in this game, you can't let the bad offensive performance against Texas A&M beat you twice. And look in the in the first quarter and change, it wasn't. They looked like they were destined to bounce back and say, you know what? We're Auburn. We're more talented than these guys. We're going to take care of business. And then it was just, it was just a landslide after it not only i mean obviously and the bigger like the defense could not stop mississippi state did not have an answer for what they were doing but then on top of that your offense had it some big plays but nothing consistent enough to get it and, and then you have blocked field goals and you have weird plays where it's 3rd and 10 and you throw it short and like there's no chance for anybody to get a first down on that play like it's just even right before that right before halftime You have mistakes there that cost you a chance to to score again, and and you miss a long field goal with a kicker who's just not kicking well right now.
1: I am fascinated to know what practice looks like this week. Because one of the things that I've pointed out is, all right, can the players stay engaged after some tough losses? And it has appeared through this point in the season that hasn't been a problem. However – after this one, I think it will be important to circle the wagons because yeah. losing to South Carolina twice in a row is bad as they've been. On the road. Ooh. God almighty. Yeah. And Auburn was so cl- – I mean, they're still in a position to surpass their expected win total for the season, but it, it got a right. lot harder this week. Well,
0: and if you look at stuff like EPA after this game and for the season as a whole, like, Auburn's now just an average football team. And that's kind of how the season – like, average football team's – don't beat the teams that they're better that are better than them, and then top, slip up against teams like Mississippi State and have games like this. Like that was the point. Was like Auburn had not had the letdown, and Auburn had not had the big letdown, and that was like okay, maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's the switch in this era. Nope, can't even say that anymore. Not only do you have a letdown, you have a bigger letdown than you've ever had in terms of where you were at to where you finished.
1: I guess the thing that is closest in my memory is not that far off and it's doing this on the road against lsu in that game that was what was it 20 to 3 in that game mm-hmm. a team that yeah with jared stidham the year that they ended up going yep. to the sec west title point is different set of circumstances against a team we would generally hold in a higher regard right on the road in death valley
0: not at home ah well it's basketball, basketball season and we will talk about that here really shortly like i said uh we will have more throughout the week um auburn's gonna have to rally the troops because i think the fan base is starting to be like aha at least we have basketball and like we'll see we'll see maybe the and we've seen auburn teams have inexplicable bad losses before in the past and put up real fights in the in the iron bowl and either win or come close but it's gonna take a lot to get to that point even if, even if alabama looks a lot more vulnerable than usual this year um but yeah like i said film room on monday again for on the past defense and we'll have more coverage throughout the week i'm really interested to hear what brian harson has to say after watching the film i'm interested in hearing what the players have to say you only got two players after the game yesterday which is kind of normal after a loss especially in the zoom era um but yeah we will uh as <laughs> is uh, i don't know it's kind of one of those things at this point i'm kind of kind of speechless from from what happened just because it's just 40 unanswered against mississippi state at home that's it, it it does not get much worse than that. And this was the day yesterday where we almost saw Florida lose to Sanford at
1: home. Hilarious. Bye like, bye, Dan Mullen. Like you say bye, like sweetie. almost
0: like almost losing to Georgia State, almost losing to Jacksonville State, you know, losing to X teams X, Y, and Z in the past. Not, it's not forty that's not forty points. It's not forty points unanswered at home. Like that's there's just a different level of that.
1: We don't even have a midweek basketball game. We gotta wait until Friday terrible
0: before before we switch over to basketball though let's do some business painter tell the folks at home how they can help us out
1: rate review subscribe people don't be haters five stars please thank you also a little review somebody did this perfectly very recently they just put a bunch of letters i think in their name uh they Mm -hmm. wrote a few nice words and i mean a few nice words it probably took them less than 10 seconds to hit us with the five stars in the review mash the subscribe button thank you folks thank you for your money thank you for rating reviewing and subscribing i'm sorry this game didn't go the way we wanted huh that's a toughie but uh we've got bruce and the boys to look forward to
0: we got two reviews to read of people who followed instructions painter we love it when they do that the podcast uh this podcast review really followed instructions their name on here is don't waste time for my name very good uh, says, this podcast will make you smarter. There's a reason they have a brain on their logo. As a neuroscientist, <laughs> I can confidently say that this podcast will raise your intelligence and help your problem-solving skills. Plus, the silky smooth voice of Justin Ferguson and <laughs> Painter Sharpless's wisdom will rub off I'm starting of to time. feel
1: some. Th- this is review <laughs> That's pretty is a good. little tongue-in-cheek, but you know what? They they followed uh, the instructions. Thank you the very perfect,
0: much. The perfect podcast for any Auburn fan. Jokes aside, having moved across the country recently, this podcast has helped me feel a little closer to home. Uh, every week and the insight twice a week is a breath of fresh air well thank you for that you that's very kind and yeah that's the thing we want to help make you smarter about auburn football and auburn basketball and we also like feeling closer to home because uh we like being closer to home folks this is also a review from war eagle tiger plainsman said downloaded the app just to write this review five stars
1: wow that's
0: that's short and that's to the point. commitment that's commitment right there that's commitment right there shout out to both of you shout out to all the kind people who have given us five stars and we have fun with these reviews on there because we're vain and we're also you know think we're funny but we're not seriously rating reviewing and subscribing helps us out a lot brings more people into the podcast fold which gives more people An opportunity to subscribe to the Auburn Observer, which you can do for $6 a month or $60 a year. Go to auburnobserver.com if you haven't already. Um, Throw a few bucks our way per month. Uh, You will get four to five stories a week, two podcasts as well. Basketball season, we're going to be cranking up even more coverage of that in the midweek. Game stories, game observations from both football and basketball. We've got film rooms, we've got mailbags, we've got plenty of stuff at auburnobserver.com. But if you're not in a position to subscribe to The Observer at the moment, we understand. We appreciate all of our free podcast listeners, and uh, we ask you that you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Also, this podcast is brought to you in part by our good friends at Homefield Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com, folks. It's cold. Got cold here this week. I know it's cold at parts unknown, too, because it's pretty much cold everywhere, Painter. Um, got
1: some snow got some uh-huh.
0: snow so there you go if you're trying to if you were putting the map out and trying to figure out where painter lives right now he got snow this now week what post.
1: day it was that i got snow on i will not reveal but it was because it's not
0: today i can tell you that <sighs> i
1: can tell you that
0: because he because he told me he told me at a, a previous a previous time than this recording of this podcast so
1: keep that in mind. <laughs> you said sorry uh, huh you just said sorry, did i i th- I think that you' f- you know I don't think that you're one to uh like the cold too much if I remember correctly, and oh, so I yeah, think you were yeah, like yeah. hey man you you brought this on yourself yeah you're yeah not, yeah I'm not feeling too bad for you buddy
0: but it is it is cold it was cold last night it's cold today here in auburn uh and the best way to warm up is with homefieldapparel.com. dot com um look homefield is the very best collegiate vintage apparel. It's the softest, it's the most comfortable shirt, sweaters, uh, hoodies, crew necks that you can own. period you know any any t-shirt you own, any hoodie you own any sweater you own, any sweatshirt you own. I will put home fields up against that one I'm just saying. Um, also, big, big uh development here for home field they haven't had the crew neck gray sweaters in eight months you know supply chain something business related i don't know i'm not a, i'm not i'm not a genius um they come back this week they will be back in stock this week and for auburn that means there are two crew neck sweaters you can get now there's one with a sailor alby he's looking fierce there's an a behind him it's got auburn written on him you can have that one or One where Aubie is uh, looking very mean uh, in a football uniform with shoulder pads on, uh, and uh, you can get that as well. So those will be back in stock this week. Also, all their very comfortable t-shirts, including two excellent Auburn basketball designs. We've got the Vince Carter version of Sailor Aubie. We've also got a 1965 Auburn basketball t-shirt there. Also, that, uh, that Vince Carter Aubie comes in a beautiful navy sweater. That I saw, actually, a couple of people wearing uh, Friday night at the basketball game. The so.
1: celebrity cheerleader who holds the sign, I believe also maybe the president of the jungle, mm-hmm. was repping the home field. Shouts out.
0: Yeah. So, homefieldapparel.com. Check it out. As Painter said last week, don't be a normie. Go to homefield Apparel and buy some stuff. It's, uh yeah, they're they're starting to restock. They're ramping up for Black Friday. Painter, as you always say, Christmas is around the corner. It legitimately is now. Uh, and uh, you're going to want to get those orders in and uh, in plenty of time for the holiday season. And if you want to and you've never ordered at homefieldapparel.com before, we can give you 15% off. Just use the promo code observer uh, when checking out. 15% off homefieldapparel.com. Appreciate Connor and the gang for supporting us and supporting the show and supporting the Auburn community with wonderful apparel.
1: Is Auburn football now 0 and 1 in tactical gear?
0: Basketball is one to know. They had the uh they had the uh the military looking uh uh shooting shirts on yesterday All right. Friday night. All right.
1: So it kind so of evens out ba- but
0: bounced out. Nah. bounced out. Yeah. Let's talk Auburn. Let's talk Auburn basketball. I think this weekend was a good show of it's better to have a better second half than a first half. Uh, Auburn football on the right. end of first that. half. Uh, Mississippi State on the right end of that. Also, flip that, inverse it, you know, all that for the Auburn ULM game on Friday night.
1: The walk-ons coming in and helping everybody out. With the cover as well, absolute. Oh, I didn't realize that. The, so the Chandler
0: Leopards, Chandler three pointer covered.
1: No, I I got them when it was at uh, fourteen, because I'm a good boy. Live bets, that's where the value's at, folks. But yes, a lot of people were very happy with that three pointer at the end of the game.
0: <laughs> uh, Auburn, Auburn basketball beating uh, Louisiana Monroe. Uh, to the tune of 93.65 on friday night it's a game where ulm was leading at the half they were up by eight at several points in the first half <laughs> and the, yes this was a team that lost by more than 60 points to lsu uh, uh, earlier in the week um here's why that's significant bruce pearl said after the game he was like yeah i was kind of psychological i think auburn played such a really good game in week one I'll actually give a real quote here. Uh, quote, he said, uh, Louisiana Monroe outplayed us in the first half. Some of it, not all of it, but some of it was psychological. Obviously, they struggled against LSU, and we tried to make sure the guys understood it was a good team from a good conference with seven guys returning from a year ago. I think three games in eight days, and having played well against Moorhead State the other night, we weren't, we just weren't as sharp. It's so what it kind of looked like. Auburn was not as sharp as it needed to be. I think ULM was, was playing harder, you know, executing their stuff better in the half court. Um, they're rebounding a whole lot better, uh, in that one. Had more points in the paint. And yeah, I mean, the thing with ULM was they hung in there with, they hung in there with, with LSU, even though they got blasted. You know, it, it was the under 12 timeout in the first half. After that is when it really lost the way. But like, it's a team with a lot of athleticism. Um, Auburn was kind of getting beat off the dribble at times, you know, not doing what they need to do on defense. And then offensively, it's just it's that early season grind where it's like, they're still learning how to play with each other. So when they're not running the floor and kind of playing wide open, it can bog down. And thankfully for Auburn, it never got worse than eight points. They go to the locker room down by a little bit and then quickly in the second half, turn it on and, uh, and get the victory. But the big story coming out of this game, several of them, but the big one that a lot of people want to talk about, obviously, is Jabari Smith, uh, who's getting some love from the national media, from draft folks, from college basketball folks over the weekend. 23 points, 10 boards, his first career double-double, his first 20-point game. He was 7-12 from the field, 3-5 of from deep, and 6-8 of from the free-throw line. That is a three-level top tier performance from uh from from the young man uh from georgia
1: i want to talk more about jabari but i also before i forget want to mention our friend drew at orange and drew on twitter i thought making a good point among many during that game a lot of Mm -hmm. quote taking turns offense out there right now got to find that real cohesion was something he mentioned and i thought that was a good observation again i think we mentioned this Mm -hmm. last week It feels like at times guys are deferring to one another. They want to be good teammates. But you can tell right now, as he put it, I like that phrase, taking turns offense definitely applies to what it is we're watching in a lot of Auburn's uh, offense at the moment.
0: A lot a lot more thinking than playing. And it makes sense because you're still early. You're still learning, uh, playing with, uh, with each other. I think you figured it out there in the second half. but. And speaking man. of
1: Jabari, it was good to see him a couple times just be like, you know what? I'm that dude.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he he definitely and like he started off a little slow in this game, but it was also like you know there was a thing where it's like people are saying, "Hey, when is he going to take over a game?" And it's like, yeah, I think you know he had the best, he you know had the had the most points in the game, had the most rebounds in the game, but it wasn't also like like, "Hey, give me the ball and get out of the way." Like he was just consistently like, "All right for, <laughs> yeah." You may have forgotten. Hello, I am six foot ten, and I'm better than anybody else on the floor, uh, and I can shoot really, really well. And that's what he did over and over
1: and over again. Um, and a common theme this weekend: bad officiating. I mean, I get it. I get it. Geez. The rest are probably trying to keep things tighter at the beginning of the season, but it's like adjust your foul. Weren't, they calling. weren't
0: in the first game. They weren't. They weren't in the first game. Right. First game, they let them play.
1: And you know what, fine, different strokes, different folks, different refs are going to have a different interpretation of what a foul is in every game. But it, there were moments of that game, long stretches even, where it was a foul on every trip down the floor. That's not, not hyperbole. It really was so boring to watch the refs just blow their whistle on every offensive attempt for either team. I'm not saying that it was negatively impacting uh, auburn, auburn, both auburn teams,
0: took a ton of free throws yeah
1: both teams were just having to deal with trying to play defense and not getting called for the foul uh
0: jabari with four steals two blocks he only had he had two fouls called on him in the first half didn't have a single one in the second half playing really good defense without fouling but also room to grow pearl said after the game ball pressure bothered him he had four turnovers guys are gonna get physical with him um i think jabari's a Obviously an insanely talented player. Very, Not very, very skilled. a very big
1: dude for a guy that's six ten. I mean, a little wiry. A right. little, little wiry.
0: You know, there's a reason why people compare him to Kevin Durant. It's just he's got that kind of very skinny, skinny guy frame. Um, but he'll get tougher and he'll get I mean, he's already put on a good bit of weight since he came to Auburn. Um but yeah, it's just Jabari. Enjoy him why enjoy him while you got him, folks, because this dude is there were a couple of plays in this game or there are a couple of sequence in this game where he took a shot and it was just like, I'm going to be in the NBA very soon. Watch. Right. (laughs) Like
1: the the pull up three in transition, obviously the, the one where he gets the rebound goes, uh, you know, from one end of the court to the other, makes a nice behind the move back, gets through some traffic. Behind the move back. Yeah. Behind, what did I say? Behind-the-back move is, there I think, what we were trying to do there, yep, Painter. Yep. Uh, yeah, he had some plays, you're right, where it was like, ah, we're doing different things, but we are all technically playing the same sport. Dude,
0: if you're 6'10", and you can do that kind of dribble move, like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad. Like, Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Monroe's defenders, like, they're already up against it. And it's just like, man, what am I supposed to do with that? Just grab him and just say, you're not doing that against him. I, I, I will, not, I will be not be
1: embarrassed in that
0: way, sir. Yeah, how about uh, Katie Johnson? Katie Johnson dropping him off as well in the game. Katie Johnson, by the way, uh, fantastic performance uh, from him. Um, coming off the bench yet again for the Tigers and getting it done uh, was a perfect three at three uh, beyond the arc. He's got 30 points in his first two games combined, um, doing it off the bench. Hit the corner three that gave Auburn the lead that they didn't that they didn't give up again. Uh, and, man, you talk about dudes that are fun to watch play basketball. He's got it because he's got that attack dog mentality where, you know, he's going to shoot and he's going to attack and he's also going to play really good defense. And every time he has a, an opportunity to celebrate or play to the crowd, he's gonna do that as well. if he's gonna have an opportunity to talk trash he's gonna do that as well like that's like that's a player that I think a lot of fans are gonna fall in love with very very quickly like Wendell but
1: uh, Katie as well that series there was a particular sequence where he had like three different attempts on a Monroe player with the ball and eventually was able to get it away from just stifling defense. Like you look at the box score, you're going to be pleased with with what you see from Katie Johnson. He was a spark at different points of the game offensively. But the thing that probably stuck out most to me in that game was the series where he eventually like was like, I will be taking the ball from this person. It's going to take three attempts, but I'm going to get it. Uh also, like, we
0: had a couple of questions. I think it was Pablo in the in the mailbag this week. It's like, hey, when's Katie Johnson going to get into the starting lineup? A lot of people want to see that. See that, and I and I get it. Like Katie's, there's a ton of value in bringing that dude off the bench as a scoring weapon. And, and D, like he, as Pearl said, it's unbelievable when you can bring that kind of firepower off the bench and how it picks us up. Zepp um, Jasper, by the way, quiet first game because of foul trouble. Second game. Led the team in plus-minus. He was a plus-29. He was the best defender on the floor for Auburn for most of the game. And uh, had six assists and zero turnovers. Like, did everything you wanted him to do at that combo spot. Um, So, they like Zep starting right now. And, like, I I still think, even if Katie Johnson's not, quote-unquote, the starter, he can produce, like, a starter and and, and do a really good job. Much like Jalen Williams coming off the bench and had had an excellent – uh you know first couple of games for him and then speaking of guys off the bench chris moore a second half to remember for young chris moore 16 points that's a career high he was six of six from the from the free throw line he had two and ones uh in less than three minutes um dude just it, we talk about jabari taking over and we talk about katie's so was he had a couple he had a couple of stretches there in the second half where it was like, Give me the ball, get out of the way. It's Chris Moore. It's Chris Moore who's going to be the guy who's going to be taking over this game. Um and I don't know what you thought about it, Painter, but like he looked a lot like Allen in this game, where it was just, I'm gonna get downhill and you're not tough enough. Like, I'm gonna get to the I'm gonna get to the rim. I'm either gonna get to the free throw line or I'm gonna score when I get to the and get to the free throw line all in one. And that, I mean, turning that on is just exactly what you what you love to see right now, especially when you don't have Allen.
1: Good work from that position. Chris Moore, one of the most uh, intriguing pieces to me because Auburn has so many guys that I think will be in the NBA in the next two years. And maybe he ends up becoming one of those players also, but it seems like Chris Moore could work his way into the hearts of many Auburn fans because I think he might end up being a very, very good four-year player. And his development like we've seen from a lot of people from year one to year two thus far under Bruce Pearl looks excellent.
0: Yeah, I, it, I really, really liked what I saw out of Chris Moore. He said after the game, his word, he had a word he wanted to, to focus on this season and it was consistency. And he said, it's not consistently scoring or consistently being the guy who makes plays is just, Quote, my consistency of being an energy guy, being a physicality guy, coming off the bench and giving us a spark that we needed on offense and defense and just putting my teammates in position to win. You can tell that the players around him they're happy for everybody. But, man, when Chris makes plays and Chris gets going, that bench reacts a different way because he is such a well-liked teammate. He is a guy that is, he's, as Pearl said, he's a, fa- he's a locker room favorite. Played really, really well in this game. Uh, is an unselfish guy. Kind of like KD coming off the bench. It's like, again, you don't have to be a starter. If you're going to rotate this many people and you're going to play this deep, you don't have to be a starter to be a guy who can be a difference maker in a game for this team. And right, you're right. They talk about coming off of that. No Allen Flanagan early in the season. Devin Cambridge has an excellent game one. Quiet in game two. Didn't hit the didn't hit uh as many shots. Doesn't matter. Chris Moore picks it up and, and plays well in that game. And so it all really kind of balances out. And at this point, you look at the first two games of the season, offensively, you've seen KD blow up. You've seen Chris blow up. You've seen Wendell blow up. You've seen Jabari blow up. Um, you've seen Devin have a good game. Like, you've seen different – Jalen – it's Kessler's next. Like it's Kessler's done really well on defense and he's done really well on rebounding, but like there's, there's going to be a time where it's, it's going to be Walker Kessler's turn to, to, to be the offensive guy. And that's going to be a lot of of fun. I think for Auburn fans to see as well.
1: I've been going back and forth for about what's a bigger strength for this team, the top end talent that we have, which is multiple people probably being NBA players at some point, or the fact that not many teams I think have quite as much depth as we do. And I think I'll ultimately settle on the part where it's top-end talent because that's sort of the name of the game in any sport. You want to have the best players, but there simply won't be many teams that have guys 7, 8, and 9 as talented or experienced as what it is that Auburn brings off of its bench. Both are great things for Auburn. You have these NBA-like players, and you have guys yep. like Chris Moore coming off the bench. And if he continues to play like that, it is a real problem. For other talented teams, because I'm just not willing to believe that most teams can deal with the likes of Jalen Williams and Chris Moore. And if Devin Cambridge gets hot, like, okay, fine. Maybe you do slow down Jabari and Walker. What do you do with those guys? Mm-hmm. You cannot stop everyone if Auburn ends up playing more cohesive. And you didn't basketball. mention anybody, and you didn't mention any of the guards there. <laughs> yeah, and, no. <laughs> if it, yeah, I mean, you start, you just start listing off the entire yeah. roster. You're totally right. I didn't mention Zepp and KD, who both had great games, and I think we're all sort of collectively holding our breath, going, like Wendell looks like he could be an absolute difference maker in the SEC this year.
0: Uh, I'll put it, uh, go into the depth thing. I'll put it to you this way, Painter. You can make the argument that last season, if you took the MVPs for or the best players from the fourteen team teams in the SEC last season, you could say that Auburn is bringing two of them off the bench right now, in Jalen Williams and KD Johnson. Now, I know Severe Wheeler was awesome last season for Georgia as well, but KD's numbers efficiency wise were off the charts, and he was one of the best defensive
1: players in the league. Um, Is Zep 23, 24? I mean, I think that that is something that that is important to me. It's like, think about how different you probably were as a 23-year-old as opposed to being a freshman. I like the idea of having a player like Zepra. I mean, not only does he do things well on the court, but off the court, I think there's just something valuable about having a player who's played, what, four years of college basketball? I mean, the guy is an experienced player, sure, but I think probably approaches the game – with uh, a, a closer to professional mentality than some younger guys might on the other hand as I say that as I'm thinking this thought out loud and rambling I mean what is it Jabari and Wendell and and some other guys have been doing this 630 club or breakfast club they, as they call it uh-huh so obviously Auburn has a number of guys I think who are preparing as if they are already professionals
0: Zepp graduated high school in 2016 so however old that makes you now I am not great at math. But yeah. Cause he did he graduated in twenty sixteen. He played a post grad year of basketball at Notre Dame Prep in Massachusetts. Then redshirted his first year at Charleston, then played three years at Charleston and now he's playing his fourth year at Auburn. So yeah, he's he's an old guy. He's an old guy for a college for for this college basketball team. But you need that kind of guy. And like the other thing with him is you look at that stat line, not a dude that necessarily Necessarily filled it up, or you look at it and say, Oh, that was a. You know, we talked about Jabari, we talked about Chris, we talked about KD having the star performances. Well, Zep led and plus minus didn't turn the ball over and played the best defense and had six assists. Like, man, if you're talking about your glue guy, if you're talking about glue guys being dudes that can do some of everything and have experience, I'm telling you, this is going to be a really good basketball team. And it's just going to be a matter of when it all clicks. When it all clicks and they're early, early in the season, um, and but when it clicks, watch out. And I think also at times you've also seen this defense when it's locked in and going, it's 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 really, really, it's really, really fun to watch. By the way, Auburn shooting forty percent from deep in that game. You will you'll take that. Um, slow start, didn't shoot the ball particularly well in the second half from deep against uh, against Moorhead State, but got it turned around. Also got it at the free throw line a ton and it hit a good amount of free throws. Twenty five to thirty two from the line. Pretty good, pretty good performance from the Tigers there. So you're. it seems like every game there's going to be like, ah, here's something else to work on. See if you get better at it. Here's something else to work on. See if you get better at it. And if you keep doing that and it compounds, hopefully by the time you hit SEC play, you're feeling like, no, you're not going to be a perfect team, but you might be able to team that says, you know what, we don't have any of these big noticeable flaws or this thing where, oh, we just haven't done well in this area this season. Like that's – we even saw it in this game. Did not rebound particularly well in the first game. Didn't rebound well in the first half. Definitely rebounded well in the second half of this game. So just keep it keep it going, keep it rolling.
1: Good work, everybody. Proud of the basketball team. Undefeated.
0: Like you said, Painter, I, I think Auburn fans are maybe a little disappointed. Like Auburn needed a stretch here where they didn't have to play. They played a lot in a short amount of time. Um, but, yeah, they get an extended break before they play their next game. South Florida on friday and we will preview that later in the week on the preview podcast the premium podcast which you can get if you're a subscriber to the auburn observer like i said six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year we'll also preview auburn south carolina and what in the world might be coming up for for the tigers in columbia uh as well so i uh, appreciate everybody listening uh appreciate everybody tuning in uh, might not be one of our most listened to podcast ever because of the because of the result Uh, but we appreciate everyone who subscribes and listens and tunes in and tells their friends and, and all that good stuff.
1: Painter, your final thoughts. Go Bills. Let's get back on the right track, boys. Come on. We can't be losing to the Jags.